0: Welcome everyone to episode 196 of the Reds Unrestricted Podcast. I'm your host David Comerford and I'm joined by Liam Soher and Jamie Barton as we preview Sunday's Carabao Cup Final between Liverpool and Chelsea.
1: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
0: So Sunday at Wembley, 3 o'clock kickoff. The first silverware of the season is on the line. In English football, it's the third Wembley meeting between Liverpool and Chelsea in the space of three seasons and a chance for Jürgen Klopp to ensure that in his final season as a Liverpool manager, he wins at least one piece of silverware, although Liverpool fans will, of course, hope that it is the first of many to come this season. So we're obviously going to look ahead to that. It's a very much historic occasion uh, within Jürgen Klopp's tenure. Uh, But before that, in lieu of our usual match reaction episode, because obviously been away for the past couple of games. You will just do some brief reflections on uh, Wednesday night's win over Luton Town. Liverpool come from behind, obviously, to win that one one and move four points clear at the top of the table, um, having played a game more than Manchester City and Arsenal behind them. Liverpool back in the driving seat in the title race after City drew with Chelsea last weekend. I'll come to you first, Liam. Um, nothing really too specific on this uh, for me. Just sort of your... General take on the game and how you felt about it because it felt like that Liverpool obviously toiled a lot in the first half, but the change in the mood in the second was pretty spectacular.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was one of those. It felt usually you think, okay, four and win over to a team in over seventeen, eighteen in the table would be standard enough, but just the circumstances around it, you know, with it with the spate of injuries and with us having to do it the hard way, as we've probably become accustomed to doing this season, um, probably made it more satisfying than what that type of room would normally be. Um, Funny enough from watching it, I didn't think that, I've seen Liverpool play far worse this season than they did in the first half last night. They were still creating plenty, um, but just that this lack this lack of composure in the final third and um, and it was one of those where I got a sense that once we got even once we got to the level, I I was always confident that we would go on to win it from there. And um, and it actually ended up being quite comfortable for a finish. And um, yeah, it, it was just very satisfying as suppose, to see that you know, with so many players out that those who who were there, you know Came to the fore when when they needed it, and um, really good to see all three starting forwards in the scoresheet as well, especially with our three top scorers out of action, and um, and you could t- tell even by Klopp's reaction towards the end that to him it felt like more than just a standard home win against the team, in the bottom half, and I think the manner in which we came came out after after half time. You know, there was it was there was a real defiance to it, a real sense of. A no message to the likes of Man City and Arsenal that we might be nearly the entire team down with injured players, but we're not going away anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. And you know, you mentioned the first half. I I was um I wasn't able to watch the game live yesterday, um so I watched it uh, earlier today, um and obviously I'd sort of I'd been on I'd been on Twitter a bit when it was on, and there was a lot of sort of um criticism for Liverpool in terms of how they played in the first half, so I was kind of bracing myself to very much not enjoy the first 45 minutes of watching it back. But, I mean, to be honest, I think Liverpool played well enough to to be winning the game. I think, given, like you say, the, the extent of the injury problems that they had, um, I think it was a pretty decent performance in terms of quality of chances. I mean, Lewin's goal obviously stems from... Um, Maybe a little bit of a break of the ball, although I do you think Calera could have done it a bit better to kind of cut it out? Um, so, yeah, I think looking back, and obviously hindsight's 2020, I felt like it was a bit of an overreaction there, but I think people were worried, given that Luton had taken points out of the world previously in the season, given the amount of injuries, given that City had only just dropped points, et cetera, that it was going to prove to be a very damaging setback. But, um, yeah, I mean, second half was one of the most enjoyable halves of football. You've watched from Liverpool's perspective this season, and the most striking thing for me was that every time Liverpool scored, and the kind of coverage cut back to the game, Liverpool were on the attack again, straight from the kickoff. Like I don't know what Luton were doing, with, we're doing with these kickoffs, but they were sort of turning the ball over instantly. Liverpool were back in the box. Keeper was making a um, a great save to to keep the score down, and that is just a level of relentlessness I don't think I've, I've seen. Um, in a long time, to be honest, so it was absolutely electrifying in, in that second period. But yeah, same question to you, Jamie. What did you think of that game yesterday?
1: I thought it was brilliant. I, I completely agree uh, on the first half, in particular. I mean, this it was a game. Quite honestly, on a, another day, we could have been two 0 up before they have a sniff and before they get their goal. Um, we could talk all you want about kind of Diaz's finishing, and maybe that's something that we might get onto later on ahead of ahead of the cup final, but. We, the creating chances was not at all the problem at least earlier in that in that first half and then you know the, the the second half speaks for itself I thought just to 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 a man it was kind of best performance of the season almost uh, at least in terms of that that second half with all the adversity everything that you know had gone against us it reminded me a bit also of the Brentford game we had plenty of adversity in that one uh you know with, with the injuries and and just Brentford in general, being been a very tough, tough game, particularly for Klopp. That it was just it was just resilience. It was it was just so, so impressive to see excuses after excuses that could be put to this team just brushed aside and, and, and the likes of Harvey Elliott, the likes of Wataru Endo yet again, just stepping up, stepping up, stepping up. Gakpo, you know, that's two goals in two for him now. Clinical finish again. It, you, you just look if you're if you're if you're a Manchester City or hesitate to even say Arsenal player or manager or even just fan sat at home. You know, we've we've been through it as Liverpool fans plenty of times. They're they're one point ahead. You you, you see, you're not watching the game because you're like it's Luton, whatever. I don't they're not going to beat Luton. Oh, you say, Oh, Luton, Luton, are 1 nil up. It's half time. You go, Okay maybe, maybe there's something on here and then bang, it's 4-1 at the end. And we've had that plenty of times uh, in terms of City doing that to us. So it is very satisfying and, and genuinely I think does make a difference for us to, to kind of do that back to them. So look, before before the game, I don't think any of us were expected to say kind of performance of the season. I don't think any of us were expecting Klopp to reference Barcelona uh, of, of all games. Uh after a a home game against Luton, but you watch the game and you can see exactly why I thought we were brilliant.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a brilliant point you make about the um, sort of experience of watching it for for rival supporters. Um, And hopefully Liverpool can be the team who are actually in the driving seat this time and and not kind of waiting on Man City or Arsenal to actually drop points and and capitalise. Hopefully they're the ones who are... um, keeping very much the race in their own hands as well. Um we'll obviously see how that unfolds in the coming weeks. Liverpool still have twelve more matches to go. Um but based on the level of emotion we saw from Klopp yesterday, I mean it's gonna be um a bit of a, a roller coaster ride over that running certainly. Um obviously we we've all talked heavily about the injuries so far. It's been a week since we released our last episode and, and since then a lot has happened on, on and off the pitch really. Um, it's felt like there's been bad news on, on injuries every single day within that period. And there will be a, a further update on timelines in Pep Linders' press conference before the final on Friday. So some of what we say today might not be 100% um, in date when you're listening to this. But I think broadly, we know the picture. So just to run through it, um, we've got Allison out until after the March International break, we believe. Um, Trent not in team training. Sabaslai. Not in team training there was a there was there was an outside chance of him playing in the final but you'd think that he wouldn't be risked again given that last time that might have been what went wrong for him it was coming back too early curtis jones is probably going to miss the final with a bone ligament issue. jota definitely is he's out for a couple of months with the knee problem he sustained against brentford nunez and salah club said he didn't know yesterday whether they could play they both had obviously issues in that brentford game too so you've got how many players is that there? That's um seven players in that list, and then you have long-term absentees as well in Tiago, Bajic, and Matip. Um I'll come back to you, Liam. I mean, of all the players I've just read out there, who's going to be the biggest miss on Sunday if they can't play?
2: Um, I'm inclined to say Salah, just because of his natural quality um, and or his money. Oh, between him and Trent, you know, because of what Trent brings to brings to the team, of course, and and as opposed to one thing that, that even without Sarah, the forwards we had last night all stood up. But it's just when it comes to a final, a big occasion, players like Sarah are those who, I suppose it sounds simplistic, but they, they do come up with the actually moments, and. Um, and we know he's gotten a few against Chelsea in his time, so I think he more than anyone, probably off of that list, is the one. If you if you pick only one player from from that list to to have it in for Sunday, it's probably him.
0: Yeah, certainly can't argue with that answer. And um, I think off the top of my head, Salah hasn't scored an open play goal in a final for Liverpool, um, which. Because I think obviously there was the uh, Champions League goal, but that was a penalty, um, and and maybe um there's been one in like um, a Community Shield or a Super Cup or something like that, but um so that is sort of a bit of a missing piece for him, certainly like a match winner moment type thing. I mean, hopefully he can play um from that standpoint, um as well as obviously just the quality that we know he has, um and it is a very long list with some huge star names on there. I mean, what, what do you think, Jamie? Because, you know, Salah's obviously a, the answer probably a lot of people would give there. But equally, Liverpool have played, I mean, really since the start of this year, have played pretty well and scored a lot of goals w- without having them in the team. And it's almost in a strange way for a player who basically started 99% of games throughout his whole Liverpool career. It kind of feels like they've got used a little bit to playing without him. Not Not in the sense that, obviously, they would be better or or thriving without him or anything like that, but that they kind of know how to adapt to not having Salah in the team.
1: Yeah, I mean the the other name I would mention and, and I think Salah is, is definitely up there, but, but the other name I would mention is, is Curtis Jones. Um I think he could he could potentially be a huge miss. It's it's um it's obviously gonna be a high stakes game and you'd imagine there's gonna be not necessarily nerves, but at least some kind of tentativeness in terms of the way that each team attacks. And look, I thought Gravenberg was great last night. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll adjust that to good last night. Um, but his ability to to look after the ball is is not nearly at the level that, that Jones's is. He might be a, he might be slightly better even at beating a man with the ball, but I think this game is going to be one where're we're gonna to have to pin chelsea in a bit um and I think maybe we'll get on to, to to how they played against manchester city later on in the podcast but they will look to break that that will be their game plan I don't think there's any kind of any doubt about that um and and jones's ability to look after the ball and play probing passes but not ones that are going to put us at risk of of turning the ball over and and having a counter attack against us I think that's something that we might really miss uh Burke is likely to be the one who plays instead of him. You would imagine, although there's a chance if Salah comes back that maybe Elliot drops back into midfield. But either way, neither of them are going to be as good at pinning Chelsea in, and I think that could be crucial.
0: Yeah, there's obviously the sort um, of the personnel side on Salah, and and there's a uh, definitely a tactical side to it as well. And Jones maybe isn't someone who scores the the winning goal, but it is someone who does all the kind of under-the-radar stuff that's crucial to a team actually coming away with a victory. And, and as we know in finals, obviously things can um, hinge on the, the finest of margins in just kind of one 90-minute game. club um, said that Liverpool won't be, quote, big favourites because of the injury situation. Um, if they had a fully fit squad, then they probably would be. I mean, there's a huge gap between these two teams in the table, Um Liverpool, obviously, top of the league, Chelsea are in mid table. Um, and even if they do seem to be showing some signs of improvement, it feels like there's been plenty of occasions this year where they've had a, a good run of three, four games and then two audible ones. And then it's like a bit of a, a cycle without any sort of lasting um, upward trajectory. And um, it's probably, f- in, in all, in the interest of fairness, worth looking at their injury list. I mean, Thiago Silva, Reese James, Chuck Wameka, Badia Shiel. Lavia, who's obviously barely played after um, the transfer saga in the summer um, because of his own fitness problems. Kukurea and Fafana being a long-term absentee as well. So it's not like just like Liverpool are the ones dealing with the long injury list. But how much do you think the injuries have levelled the playing field for this game, Liam? I mean, it kind of feels like when you take all those Liverpool players out of the equation, Chelsea... Um, Affected not, but not as badly, and then you add in the kind of one match jeopardy of it all. It kind of feels like if you're a Chelsea fan, all of a sudden, from not having much hope for this game, you start to wonder in the back of your mind, do we actually have a chance here? Are things going to fall for us a little bit? It's
2: a very fair point, actually, because as it happens, I was actually talking to one or two Chelsea fans earlier today, and they actually said that very same thing that they reckon that Liverpool are full strength would be overwhelming favourites, but with the players that we have out, with the players that we have out, and with Chelsea, as you say, showing signs of revival, um, that they're, like, not not necessarily expecting to win, but just more confident that, you know, that they can, you know, that it might be their day, or that they can give us a good contest. Um, and I suppose the one thing, you look at the league table and you think you know, that Liverpool should be like strong favourites, but Apart from the game at Anfield three weeks ago when we've doing over for the water with one of our best performances of the season and probably one of their worst, games between these two teams have always have generally been very tight. Like I think prior to that, the last seven meetings between them had been level after 90 minutes. Um, there's just a two of for the two cup points 20 penalties in, in amongst that, and all the league games are drawn. So they've always tended to be quite well matched, these two. Um, and the injuries could definitely, definitely be a leatherer. Um Because it, I do feel that like watching Liverpool last night, there was maybe an element of feeling sorry for ourselves in that first half you know, before Jorgen got into them and obviously said what he had to say and you know, that very much had the desired effect. So um, like I was really confident Liverpool would win, you know, um, even with the players we had missing. But by no means do I, when I turn on that game Sunday sit like and just patiently waiting for the full-time whistle to come so the first and I can go up and get the trophy. Um, yeah, it turns you missing a few, but I would agree with you that we're probably more adversely affected at the moment with the volume of players we've out, the status of some of those and how important they are to the team and the longevity of some of those, like Jota in particular.
0: And staying on on Chelsea then, Jamie, I mean, you uh, alluded to it earlier. They played City last weekend, one of Liverpool's title rivals, um, sort of a team of a comparable level. Um, What did you think of of the way they they set up in that game and the way they competed against Man City? And and what does it say about their prospects in this match for you? Because it's probably a bit of a... I know they conceded fairly late on um, in the game to obviously miss out on the three points, but maybe a bit of a confidence boost for them about their chances coming into this game as well.
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought they did very well. Um, the, the, as, a, as, a, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the plan was very much around, based around hitting, hitting City on the counter. The, the, they tried to get down the right, a lot with Nicholas Jackson, kind of dropping in deep to to lay off to whoever was outside him on the right, uh, and then Sterling would get into the box from from that position. And that's obviously how how the goal came about. But they had a number of other chances, certainly in the first half, from that sort of move. So so if, if Jackson does play, you'd, you'd expect him to. Whoever is on that side it's likely Virgil van Dijk is going to have to be very careful about when to go with him uh, and when to drop off. Uh, so that that's that's obviously very important. They, they were solid defensively, although uh, there was a fair bit of of last ditch defending, particularly from from Axel Zassi, uh, who <laughs> celebrated on at least two occasions. I think kind of proper fist bumps in the first half uh, for clearing clearing a ball away. And and look, fair play to him, he did really well. Um, but as the game went on, City were able to turn that screw. Uh, as they so often do, and and kind of pin Chelsea in a bit, and that's what I, when I was earlier talking about, that's what we might miss from from Curtis Jones that they were able to to set up, however they set up, in a way that 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 counter attacking threat that Chelsea had had in the first half was was much less potent in the second half, and and that was crucial. And and you know how City play. By the end, it was kind of balls from the byline. Getting clipped across, Haaland trying to jump over people, um, corners, a lot of set pieces, uh, and obviously the the Rodri goal. So, so they were able to turn the screw eventually. But I was I was impressed. I was really impressed with how Chelsea set up and and for the first half at least, it looked like they had City's number a little bit.
0: Yeah, it always feels like a bit of a bit of jeopardy when you got a, a quality team um, who, well, not maybe not quality team, a team with quality players, and um, based on what we've seen this season it's probably hard to say that they're, they're, they're a quality team but um there's a bit of jeopardy when you see them kind of sit in and you know who's kind of installed on the counter. attack. Like obviously you know you mentioned Stale and Cole Palmer is obviously having a brilliant season too um so the I, I, and it, that is the kind of setup that can work in a um in a final too when it is just kind of that one 90 minute game but uh, as as we've seen in the past um, sometimes the penalties can be required as well um, and yeah, we'll see. Obviously, how, how closely this game follows that plan. Liverpool's pressing against against Luton was was excellent, I thought. But obviously, it's much easier to press a team who are kind of as limited as they are um, than it would be Chelsea. But I don't think Chelsea have looked brilliantly coached um, in a lot of games this season. It's fair to say. So even though sometimes they they might have the the technicians that they need to kind of play out under pressure, you know, do they have sort of the setup? um to combat. I mean that's gonna obviously be a crucial thing um if Chelsea if uh, if it is gonna be a case of Chelsea sitting deep and trying to counter how much the kind of to stay in their dominance and you know you mentioned Jones has been important to that in a lot of games so we'll see what happens with him. Um so just to to finish off then lads I mean we we've looked at the um sort of the tactical matchup a little bit there um how the two teams stack up against each other but you know, it is a final, it's a it's a big occasion, so we'll just sort of get a sort of emotional check-in almost on, on how we're we're feeling about it. I'll, I'll come to you first, Liam. I mean, the League Cup for me, it's one of them where, um I remember it obviously quite recently from 2022, you know, I'd be delighted if, if we win and it, it will feel like sort of setting us up for this grandstand finish at the end of Klopp's tenure. Um, And, and if it doesn't go our way, then it will obviously be very disappointing but you know, there's plenty more opportunities to come. I mean, where do you sort of stand on it at the moment?
2: I think that's a fairly good summary, Dave. Because um, I noticed I had seen one or two things on Twitter during the week asking, given a choice between beating Luton last night or winning on Sunday, which would you take? And I think most Liverpool fans said the Luton game. Um, just with that acknowledgement that while well, the Carabao Cup would be very nice to have and where you can be sure that all of us will be screaming fervently at the TVs while we're watching it on Sunday, that in a broader scale, if he's going to that if it goes for us, yeah, great, we'll, 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 we'll lap it up for a day or two, um, and at least we know that Jorgen has his up in his final season, no matter what happens that, thereafter. But it's one of those, that I think, if it doesn't go away, we just park it because we're playing again three days later, and in the FA Cup and um, so it's probably in, in one sense it's probably good to have that match coming so quickly because it, it means we don't get carried away if if we end up winning on Sunday and if it doesn't go away we just quickly set it aside and move on to the next challenge and um, is that yeah, it's probably generally considered like out of the four trophies that we're going for the most disposable one in terms of joy you know, if you're, if you're like that, if you're asked which which one of the four would you, sorry, that, um be you no know, most content with not winning. Most times, would probably say say that one either that or possibly the FA Cup. And um, but sorry, that's, um, but, uh, It's it's nice to win, and obviously on Sunday we'll be fervently hoping that we do win it. And but at the same time, if if it doesn't come off, we set it aside. We go again, there's
0: bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I think that I think that's a pretty fair summary of it. I mean, Jamie, would you say you're feeling um excited for it, nervous? I mean, for me, I kind of have this thing in the back of my mind that I just feel this sense of, of pressure almost, even though I'm obviously not the one who's who's gonna be playing, um, to kind of just get a trophy under our belt in Klopp's. In last season just just so we know that there is going to be that piece of silver to sign off on and and look a Liverpool win on Sunday and they don't win any of the other compositions then from here we're going to be very disappointed by that I mean let's be honest but it would still feel to me like I could kind of breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief there if we know that we've just kind of got that in the bag So, so what's your main kind of frame of mind heading into it
1: yeah no I'm I'm nervous as well uh actually uh Maybe less about the the, the trophy itself and, and winning the competition itself, and just more about kind of this sense of momentum that I feel like we really built up you know that, that that arsenal game was was such a kick in the teeth and and you feared at that point, particularly given the injuries that come come after it uh, before the next game, you fear at that point that that kind of kills some really really good momentum that we had been building over the last couple of months really. Uh, and it didn't. And that was that was vital and, and so impressive. Uh, and we've seen a slightly shaky uh, win against Burnley. But then we've seen two very, very solid wins against Brentford and Luton after that. So it's it. I agree with you, Liam, in the sense that it's maybe the of the four competitions, it's the one that maybe you don't care about as much as the rest, although maybe you care about it more, given that you're in the final. Um, but For me it's just about the momentum of winning games Uh, and this is a big game against a a big side in london let's not forget about our, our record in london hasn't been great this season uh particularly against london teams um and so just the idea of continuing what we've what we've built and and not letting these injuries define this period of the season not letting us talking on our post-season show in the summer being like that was the period where it fell apart that was the period where just one too many injuries just really took the team apart not letting that be an excuse for anything and continuing to not let that be an excuse for anything to me is vital and and probably more important than the competition itself so I'm nervous uh Chelsea are a good side um we dismantled them and I'd like us to do that again
0: Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, it's also, you know, there's uh, sort of talking about that you can never sort of take a a trophy opportunity uh, for granted. I mean, teams go through slumps and and things like that. Liverpool obviously had a successful period at the moment. Last year was a slog. Um, But, you know, even you look at a club the size of Manchester United, since Ferguson retired, what is it they've won? Two league cups in the Europa League, and that's in the space of eleven years. I'm, I think I'm right in saying that. Um, and FA Liverpool. What well, sorry? Yeah, there was an FA Cup under under Van Hall as well. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right there. But even still, you know, for a club of their stature, um, it's uh one of them where they probably thought, God, we didn't savor the the golden times enough that we had. Um Liverpool, obviously, coming to the end of this um yeah I can Klopp era now and I think we'd all like to think that whichever manager comes in um, afterwards and we all know kind of who the the favourite candidate is but you know who's to say that that things do go and Liverpool still are at the top you know it's a there's, there's infinite examples in football of a figure like Klopp stepping down and then a club needing a long time to get back to the top so you, you know you can't have certainty about the future you don't know if Liverpool are going to make it to the FA Cup final, the Europa League final, whether injuries do catch up with them in the Premier League and they, you know, lose a bit of ground to Man City and Arsenal. Um, So this game has to be sort of seen as, for the next few days, the, the biggest of the season, really, from that standpoint. And um, hopefully there's a lot of players there. I mean, just looking through the lineup, I mean, they have an opportunity to play the biggest game of their lives, quite a lot of the um, individuals in there and um opportunity to win as well their first trophy as a Liverpool player uh, for a lot of them especially uh, the ones who joined sort of whether in last summer's rebuild or um during the, the previous season when liverpool was were, were struggling a bit so yeah we'll see how it goes and um yeah it will be that mix of excitement and apprehension but we'll leave it there uh, for today's episode thanks to liam and jamie for jumping on and thanks to everyone for listening if you've enjoyed it please give us a five star rating or a five star review remember to uh, follow the podcast and press the notification button. So you get a message every time we post a new episode and we've got links to all of our Twitter profiles in the episode description as well. And so you can give us a follow on there if you like our next episode will obviously be um, our match reaction to the Carabao Cup final on Sunday at Wembley. And when hopefully uh, we're speaking about our, our, our it'd be our sort of first immediate trophy episode. I'd like to think um, (laughs) that we've done on here. um, If things all go to plan. So, fingers crossed on that one. But yeah, whatever the outcome, uh, we'll be back uh, for that podcast. So we will see you then and take care.